0: One, two, three, four Have you ever seen a plant And wondered, what is that plant? No one knows Yes they do Garden Garden hose Have you ever found a pretty flower Wondered how to unlock its power You know who knows It's the garden hose
1: Garden hose
0: Welcome to the Garden Hose Australia podcast, where we talk all things gardening. Your hosts, Jamie and Erin, will wander down the garden path with tea or gin in hand and discuss gardening loves, hates, new discoveries, interview some of our garden heroes, visit inspiring gardens and continue a discussion about plants that started over 30 years ago in primary school. Hello, Jamie.
1: Hello, (laughs) Erin.
0: So... Where have you been this week, Jamie?
1: to a similar place to you on a different day.
0: (laughs) All right. So this podcast is all about MIFCUS, the Melbourne International Flower Garden Show. So this is going to be what we liked. We deliberately went separately so that we could, we wouldn't influence each other. We could come back and report on what I liked, what you liked, anything we found a little odd or didn't understand or anything like that. I do have something I didn't understand. I felt like it could have done with more signage and I didn't quite understand what it was.
1: I think I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I guess I could start with that. What start was the there. Big plant synchrotron y thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I it's
1: a botanical Hedron Collider. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> it's um part of a new regime you, you might have heard talk about like renewable energy and that sometimes the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine but if you can collide the botanical atoms you can actually create power when there is no wind and no sun
0: is this one of those times where if you don't know the answer to something you just make it up with a great deal of confidence
1: did you did you detect that
0: Yeah, I did. I've known you for a long time, though. I am sure your students would not. (laughs) They'd be making copious notes right now and Googling that stuff.
1: Uh, I don't know that they would, but thank you for thinking they're that studious.
0: (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I I get that it was things all, it was a big circle and there were plants, like seedlings planted, some upside down and all the way inside it. And I didn't really understand Well, there must be a reason for it. And it was at a very, you know, technical, state-of-the-art stand. I thought it it was um, a tertiary institution and they had, like, you know, conveyor belt things going with plants that I understand uh, would be used by large companies doing large-scale propagation. I just was curious about this and I couldn't see any signage and there were people wandering everywhere and I couldn't find someone to ask. So, yeah, mystery to me. But if anyone knows, pop it on our Instagram. (laughs) I think what happened there was two
1: areas were put together. So, yes, there was tertiary education on one side and I think it was a little bit of um, the hedron, botanical hedron collider, as I shall now be calling it. Yes. Um, you were quite right, didn't have any signage because I was looking because I was confused. But I do think it was part of a display um, that was showing technology in the horticulture sector in terms of... Um, ah. Uh, wholesale nurseries with um semi-automated and automated uh, potting etc but Hmm. um so i don't know whether that was part of it whether it spins your plants out for your potting machine i have no idea
0: Hmm.
1: let me tell you you, erin i've seen some botanical things in my time this one (laughs) stumped me
0: good i'm glad it wasn't just me then oh so what do you want to what do I start with tonight I mean, oh hang on um there's only two of us here but if I can just ask is there anyone
1: in the room right now who may have been involved in a gold medal winning display
0: <laughs> oh that would be me <laughs> well all right so let me just uh make it clear that I have no claim to this gold medal whatsoever and was not through any of my artistic endeavours whatsoever. But um, in the Hall of Flowers, there was um, for the gold medal visual display uh, was Pemberley of Malmesbury, who is a pretty amazing uh, florist or floral designer who does some incredible installations. And um, Olivia from Pemberley did this um, huge, this, um, what is it, Autumn Symphony, and she is a terrific supporter of um, local growers out in the Macedon Ranges in this sort of area so she I supplied a very tiny amount of flowers for this there was um, other farmers around had huge amounts of dahlias and there was heaps of autumn foliage in it but I did supply a couple of buckets of my zinnias and so I was there and I photographed my zinnias in there um, amongst all the dahlias and the foliage and she had this beautiful um, pink piano that she would painted and put in there and just her detail was amazing she created the seat for the piano out of some of her wheat and some everlastings and there was a trumpet with like winged everlastings coming out of it and the floor was strewn with the wheat grown on her farm and it was just gorgeous anyway I could wax lyrical all day but then do you know she also won the people's choice award yeah she did really well so um, and I've seen it shared so many times on Instagram of so many people there just you know sharing it out and loving it and so well done, Liv. That was that was amazing. So yes, I was very proud to <laughs> go there and see my little flowers that it picked from my backyard. <laughs> and there, um, I uh,
1: loved that it was so distinctive. It had a pink upright piano in it. That my son's school went for a school excursion on the Wednesday. And when I asked my son and his friends, do you remember seeing the pink piano? They're like, Yeah, it's on the pink piano. I'm like, Well, wow. some of Erin's flowers were in there. Oh. And I was so excited that it was such a distinctive stand with a pink piano that that even the primary school children they remembered it.
0: Oh, that's nice. I have to live that. <laughs> that was lovely. Um, but- I um
1: I went. To the flower show with my friend Sharon, whom I do apologise to because you and I may have discussed who names plants and what's with the Rose of Sharon.
0: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Whoops.
1: Sorry to all the Sharons. Sorry to all the Sharons. Particularly one. (laughs) Now you know I said I like to classify my groups of friends. So Mm -hmm. Sharon and I met up at the. Uh, Melbourne uh, Flower and Garden Show. Oh, sorry, I forgot the international. It's very international. Um, Sharon is my skiing horticulture friend. That's her ah, classification.
0: Oh, God, that's not a Venn diagram. I've been working very hard on the Eurovision and horticulture Venn diagram. I think I've just about nailed it. What
1: it is with the Venn diagram Because I am the centre of my own universe, I just need to be in the middle and it's like the centre of a flower and all my friendship groups are coming off the centre circle and they're like the petals of the flower. That's very nice.
0: That's a very organic way of Mm. describing it. Mm. That's how
1: my friendships are, are organic, organic.
0: (laughs) Um, So, Sharon,
1: knowing that I was very interested in this display with the pink piano ran defense for me because I still oh I want to try and get like a photo of it but do like a panoramic shot I said but there's too many people in the way and she's like mm. I'll walk in front I'll clear the deck <laughs> I love it and you know I'll just move along slowly and you come along behind me and take your panoramic photo <laughs> while
0: well, there's people being snowplowed out the way <laughs> Yeah, I had trouble getting some good photos. Same thing. They were all, I mean, lovely thing that there were lots of people crowded around it. But yeah, it was very difficult to get <laughs> a good shot. Bring
1: you Sharon next time.
0: Yeah, that's what I need. I needed a Sharon to get in front of me. I did have a Tom with me.
1: Really, that would do the trick.
0: That Normally, it would, but I think maybe he's been very polite. And at these things, that's what usually happens because I, you know, stop and, you know, ooh and ah over something for a while and I take a million shots and it takes me a while to move on. And he's done with that. He doesn't like the crowds, and so he just walks off. And I was there with some people from my work as well, and um, a couple of them were <laughs> quite shocked. Where's Tom gone? Uh, oh, I don't know. Probably just got bored with hanging around. <laughs> he likes to keep moving, you know, move, move, move. None of this stand still. Keep moving. And I was like, oh, how are we going to find him? This is why I have like find my iPhone apps. On our on our phones because he'll be over the other side of the Carlton Gardens by now, getting a coffee somewhere. And sure enough, he just parked himself in the still um, tent, looking at the tools. So I just thought it was um it was a successful day when I steered him clear of the Noosa hat stand because my husband loves a hat, and we have many many versions of what is essentially the same hat that he buys everywhere we go.
1: Tax deductible.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. For him, probably not in IT. (laughs) Don't you have a flower business? Yeah, but it's not, I think, big enough to make tax deductions on yet.
1: (laughs) Saw the Noosa hats. Sharon pointed them out to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we already have many of the Noosa hats. uh...
1: You're finding one's iPhone. husband six foot six. Six foot four. Oh, sorry. Mm. I am prone to exaggeration. Probably find him in a
0: crowd. But- most most crowds, probably not across the Carlton Garden. So,
1: mm. 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 just have known he'd gravitate towards the still tent.
0: I did. I did. So, that was always going to be a pretty safe bet. And so, well, when I first arrived, I went straight for that avenue of achievable gardens. There were some lovely little pockets in there. I quite enjoyed that. I might just start going through a couple of the things, my favourite, my highlights from that. And my my biggest highlight was the espaliered pomegranate.
1: Did you that?
0: Oh, I took quite a few photos of that and I thought I've never, I love pomegranates. I had two shrubby ones at my entrance gate at the last house I was in and I am cultivating a couple near my front door where my house is now. I never thought to espalier them.
1: Just checking my phone while you talk because I think I took photos for myself of that. Did you get photos?
0: Um, I took a couple of photos of it, not of yeah. myself with the pomegranate, um, but the pomegranate against that sort of ochre-coloured wall. Oh, And that was in the the garden was called bringing the Mediterranean to Melbourne, hence the pomegranate. But I thought, oh, I want to try a spell. Actually, I haven't because we've got more space here. I haven't actually really bothered with much in the way of espaliering trees. Bakers will do that to you. Well, yeah, I haven't really had to. We did a bit of a spaliere in our last garden because it was a suburban garden without as much space. But Tom and I both looked at that and went, oh, we could do that for no no practical reason or need to do it, just other than why not, because we haven't seen it done before. Look good. Mm, Look good. There was, and I did, there were a couple of gardens, look. I don't know whether, because I was looking through my photos, I don't know if I photographed the signs for the gardens labelling the name of the garden and the plant palette in the right order with having the sign and then the picture of the garden because I was jostling crowds. So I think the one I'm talking about next is the Carrickin Garden. Carrickin? Carrickin? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It had some nice, or it could have been tea in the woods, like really layered ground covers. And mm. I'm very focused on ground covers at the moment because I'm all about weed exclusion in my sort of rocky areas around the house here. And so there'd be a few layers of, you know, myoporum, which I use copiously here, then maybe a prostrate casuarina, uh, um, some grevillea, a bit of rosemary, and then had some low structural um, balls of, you know, choreas and restringes and plants like that. And. That's a bit. Sorry?
1: Photos of it, but I forgot to photograph the label of it. Ah,
0: well, I like these. I like these very much. And I think there was, I thought there was a bit of a, throughout quite a lot of the gardens, um, these gardens and the show gardens, there were either some that were very, that sort of Mediterranean looking, and then there was, which I think we've had for quite a while, and then there was quite a few who were sort of harking back to that fairly traditional English birches, with lyriopes and, um, I mean, not quite ivy, but it had like ferns and little violets and things like that. There were quite a few. There was this restorative garden. There was the, uh, oh, did I write down the name of it? Uh, it wasn't the Villa de Lusso. There was another one like that. And it was very, yeah, you know, I thought like sort of English looking and probably sort of the gardens, I suppose, in Melbourne that you see around Malvern and places like that. And they're not usually the ones I go for, although to look at them, they are very pretty to look at. That's got nothing at all that I could grow here. But, um, yeah, just a limited plant palette but lots of, you know, green and purpley things. Why are you laughing at me? this oh, problem because
1: you can see me while we're recording. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing at how much you loved it. Can't grow any of that then.
0: Love the aesthetic appeal of it. I did love the aesthetic appeal, but I, I can look at it and go, would never grey that here. Ever, ever, ever. But then that one that was the um Villa Deluso. it was that was very nice. Like that one's, you know, it had that like the swimming pool with oh my god, the beautiful tiles in that swimming pool, the really dark greeny black tiles. I don't know if I saw those. Oh, that, I loved them. And then it had this sort of oh, almost like pale peachy sort of a big pergolery thing with the arches and the bench with the apricotty tiles. And then in front of it um, there was sort of lawn and what would have otherwise just been a pretty flat, dull lawn. They had these really nice textured paving elements with these really uh, textured sort of knobbly grey pavers, rectangular pavers set into a few sort of large rectangles. Uh, rectangular sort of steppers and they had that garden was very I took quite a lot of close-ups of you know that garden
1: I one completely
0: ah oh, well I'm probably just not describing it very well but it was because I think it was it was basically green on green on green on green but lots of really nice lush textures in there and lots of different shapes oh that was nice I could have stood there and looked at that one for a, quite a long time
1: mm. Tom a Tom, couple of minutes then he was gone
0: yeah, he, he just, because, you know, you're sort of jostling with all the crowds to get in and take a photo. He just takes one peer over people's heads and he's like, yeah, I'm done, I'm out of here. Nah. You know, it's roped off, I don't want to go. Oh, I can't go in there. I don't know. Can I sit down there? Actually, when I were looking for some lunch, all the tables and that were taken, and I was with a couple of people who, you know, were balancing uh, plates of food and that sort of thing. And so one of them said, oh, come, look there's this table. over. Let's sit down. As we're sitting down, I'm looking around going, don't think this is like part of the food court sort of table. I think this might be part of a display. She said, well, we'll just sit here and keep eating and look like we don't know that. <laughs> and then we'll leave.
1: Very sensible. Yeah. That would have caused me great anxiety.
0: <laughs> I ate very quickly.
1: <laughs> I but, of ate- course,
0: as soon as we did it, other people came and sat down. Oh.
1: Oh, you started a trend. I did. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> a little um, getting there. I had a little malfunction. I'm, there's buses replacing trains on part of the train line, so I thought I'll drive in to get past where the buses are replacing trains, and I'll catch the mm. train from there. And I had a little chat with my sister the night before, and she said, "No, oh, you'll be fine. Drive all the way in because you've got parking magic."
0: Do you? Because we didn't have parking magic. Took us a while to get a park.
1: Parking Magic,
0: um, <laughs> got there because the parking underground and I'm like, yeah,
1: there is, it'll be full. She's like, no, you'll be fine. You've got parking magic. Because uh, I can normally find us a car spot and I can sense where it is and I tell if, if we're out together and I go, yep, turn left here, turn right, drive slowly, and there it is. Not for the Flower and Garden Show. Yeah. And so I got to the thing where underground parking, it was four mm, and then same. did blockies and then got stuck in the wrong lane of traffic, drove for miles, called my brother in a panic because he knows the city and I am country bumpkin. (laughs) And I'm like, don't tell me to park. He's like, oh, you don't want to pay for parking. I'm like, no, you listen up. I will pay whatever it wants for parking. He's sending me on these directions. He's like, so you need to go down Russell Street and then something, something, Lonsdale and something, something. I'm like, what, what? He's like, where are you? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you want to say, I don't know. I'm, I'm near the Dallas Brooks Centre. He's like, oh, you're miles away. And I'm like, I know. That's why I found you. <laughs> so I found somewhere to park and I thought oh, i will take me about 15 or 20 minutes to walk back. And he very helpfully sent me a text saying you could catch a tram back, but what I didn't tell him at the time was country bumpkin over here, restrained or refrained from texting back, saying I don't know how to catch a tram.
0: What? Hang, hang. What do you mean? You don't know how to catch a tram?
1: I don't know how to catch a tram.
0: Like, stop at the tram. Like, walk to the tram stop and get on the tram.
1: Do you know where it's going?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, good point. But they're usually at the tram stop. All right, we're, we're not even going to talk about this. <laughs> this is a whole other Sorry. podcast. <laughs> not botanical. Let's move on. Jeep, I've got my steps in for the day. Oh, good. Well, actually, where we parked, as um, I said, oh look, there's parking next door at the Melbourne Museum. We'll park there. Surely everyone else is going to get the train in. Yeah, full. Everything else around there full. Backup plan full. And then but we ended up parking not far away. It was really only a five minute walk down off um Little Lonsdale. But um when we drove in there though, um we were there were quite a few attendants. They'd staffed it up really well. They were um all older gentlemen there. And one of them just said, oh do you want to leave your keys with me? And Tom's looked at me and said, "Do we want to leave our keys?" And I said, "Well, I feel rude saying to this like grandpa, no, because you might steal my car." Um, and so we do it. Okay, I guess did so. You take, did you take the ute? What if he just stolen the ute and you could get the insurance on it? Yeah, that look that would have been. There was a few moments of us saying, "Why didn't we bring the ute?" <laughs> and no, unfortunately, not. <laughs> we didn't bring the ute. We brought the other car. So. Um, and for those, this is why it's because we've had this ongoing problem with the ute that is just not going to be worth fixing anymore, <laughs> to the point where um, Tom went to the parts store to buy something as, a, you know, a last-ditch thing to try to fix it. And <laughs> had a guy there working there after hearing everything that was wrong with it. He said, have you thought about wrapping yourself in a doona, putting a crash helmet in and driving it off the side? <laughs> he called her. Tom said, No. <laughs> Top, don't even think about that. He said, I'm not gonna do that. And he said, oh, I suppose that's the safest way to do it. <laughs> Ruin a perfectly good tuna. <laughs> well, you know, have to get a cheap one, I wouldn't take one of our ones. But um, yeah, no. So and this guy was perfectly serious that oh, why do you think there's all these, you know, damaged parts of the fencing on the side of it? But I said too, what happens if you didn't write it off? <laughs> what a it's a risk. It's a risk. It's a, well, the whole thing is Captain Risky. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway. Flower and um, Garden Show, you say? Yeah, Flower and Garden Show. Um, so we do love a tangent, but we ended up leaving our keys with the um, elderly gentleman in the fluoro vest. And when we came back you know, it took us a while to track him down, but we finally did and we, we got the keys back and that was all okay. But, uh, yeah, so when we got there, um, we went straight for the Achievable Gardens. But then I went for Dumplings. Uh, and then we went into the Hall of Flowers and looked at those sort of things. But I tell you, another little show garden thing that I really enjoyed was the Melbourne Uni uh, Woody Meadow. Did you see that? Oh that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I enjoyed that because when you see so many of the show gardens where they're uh, beautiful, but it's a lot of like it's a limited palette, lots of repeat planting of the same thing over and over. It was just such a nice relief to see that that was so diverse and there was so much I could just stand in front of it for ages and keep looking and seeing new things I, I enjoyed that very much not least of which because I went to Burnley so I was a little bit biased
1: well, I think this one must be the best then I'm still paying off my
0: <laughs> no I have paid that off now
1: <laughs> I went with a list because I can't remember once I get there bit of sensory overload and I can't remember what I was doing there in the first place um, except I have to find a pink piano somewhere um <laughs> James, my son, uh, his primary school entered a scarecrow into the scarecrow making competition. And don't I didn't know. If you're know that was, no, I didn't know
0: there was a scarecrow making competition.
1: Because I'm really great with direction and maps. Um, I had to ask actually where it was. Went up to the information booth with my map and said, "Oh, I have to find the scarecrows. Can you show me where they are?" She points to the map and says, "They're just there." And she was, I mean, she was lovely. She was lovely. No, I don't, like, don't take my turn. It went the
0: wrong way. She, <coughs> she points to the picture of the scarecrow on the map. And you're like, yeah, thank you. Can see that.
1: Yes. You know, it's just quite helpful because I hadn't seen it. <laughs> really? <laughs> really. Yeah. Scarecrow, is that great? Uh, oh, my son and his friends are very excited because Costa from Gardening Australia was filming there, and their scarecrow uh, might be on Gardening Australia sometime soon.
0: Ooh, that is yeah. exciting.
1: Yeah, I um, thought it was
0: a bit of a show. Well, oh, I, I had a – actually, I didn't really, but I was in the vicinity. Um, I had a brush with um, fame in that I was lining up for coffee at the same place as Sophie from Gardening Australia.
1: So you were Sophie adjacent.
0: I was Sophie adjacent. And um, anyway – I, I didn't like to go up and say, oh hello, I watch you every week in Garden Australia. So instead I was like, oh, and I was with um a couple of women from my work. I was like, oh, don't look now, but that is Sophie from Garden Australia. I, <laughs> I'm like, what? 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 Who? Who who? Went, yeah, forget about it. <laughs> don't worry. The moment's past. Yeah, I needed someone else to share my excitement. It was like the time that I went to a um Writers Festival event in um, at the Melbourne Town Hall and I took my mum and my mother-in-law with me and um, we sat down mum was to the right and I was just sort of looking around and I'm like oh, to my left very famous person and um, so I just sort of leant over and whispered to my mum you know like being very subtle mum Paul Kelly is sitting next to me like the up Paul Kelly and she's like Who, I don't think mum would have even remotely known who Paul Kelly was, which it didn't occur to me at the time. I thought every Australian knew who Paul Kelly was. So not only does she not quite recognise, she decides to stand up and look around and say, who, where? And then my mother-in-law next to her saying, what is it, Chris? Erin says there's someone called Paul Kelly here sitting right near us. And I was like, oh, my God, what a die. He was very gracious. And I sort of looked over with a, I'm so sorry, this this is very embarrassing. And he just smiled and waved, hi, yep, yep, here to see Jermaine Grier too. Awesome. Have a great time. I'm like, oh, my God, so embarrassing.
1: <laughs> it's, it's probably best then that you're friends that you went with um, didn't know who Sophie was and that they missed the moment. So you didn't have to relive that kind of business. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) that's true. Sorry, anyway, but I cut you off. So Scarecrow's Costa. Costa. Well, I had this malfunction because couldn't
1: find the Scarecrow and I know my son well enough to know I need a proof of life photo when I get home. (laughs) Did you find the scarecrow? (laughs) So I actually texted one of the mums who went on the excursion with them on Wednesday and said, did you get a photo of their scarecrow? Because I can't find it. I
0: need to know what it looks like. (laughs) Did you find it?
1: Found it. Got a proof
0: of life photo. Perfect. Yes. Was it a selfie of you and the scarecrow?
1: No, I got Sharon to take the photo. And James actually said to me, (laughs) "I said Sharon, he's like, oh, did Sharon go with you? (laughs) Yes. In fact, she
0: did. When I was there, I saw quite a few school groups there, and I, I thought, "Oh, that's a nice excursion." I hadn't considered that. That was great. Fabulous little
1: um, freebie. I don't know what from uh, from which exhibitor, but it was this wonderful little, kind of round zip up case, and it's these two lenses that clip onto your phone. I think one's a fisheye lens and one's a macro
0: lens. And
1: so we've been having a good time playing with those and taking up close and personal photos of flowers and fruit.
0: Oh, that sounds good. Yeah,
1: it was great. Yeah, huh. we saw Green Hip while we were there. Erin, did you
0: go to so Green Hip? I did. I made a beeline for Green Hip just in case they had mega discounts. Um, they had trade pricing. I didn't buy anything, although I did chat to um, one of the lovely Green Hip ladies working there. Because she said, can, she said, "Oh, have you used, seen green hip before? Have you worn it?" And I said, "I, I am a You're green a hip green devotee. Hip. I do have um, a bit of green hip." And she said, "Oh, can I interest you in our new colours? And do you want to show me that pale pink and the bright orange?" And I said, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some consumer feedback here. I wear black because I, I don't muck around in green hip. I need green hip because I need stuff that fits me." and it works well. It ticks all the boxes, but it's black for a reason because it gets filthy straight away. I love the idea of the pale pink. It's just not practical for me in the garden. And she said, look, I hear but let's face it, these overalls, these are for playing. They're not for working. I went, ah, so these would be like my Instagram overalls. And she said, absolutely. (laughs) That's what these ones are for. Ah, oh,
1: for the moment where we pretend that we don't actually do what we do for a living.
0: Yeah, so I think it's a step up from the floaty dress amongst the, the flowers. I think I am in overalls. Mm. But you know, they're not grubby and they're pretty. They're really mm. pretty. I'm mm. sure I've got so many um, like bookmarks on my phone of pretty overalls <laughs> that I've never bought, but I just keep bookmarking because oh, I'd wear those like a floral patterned overall or something like that. I'll get you for
1: Christmas now?
0: Yeah, there you go, floral overalls. I had a great
1: customer service experience at the Green Hip Tent because I love the Seconds Green Hip.
0: I didn't see I didn't, the Seconds rack.
1: They didn't have them there.
0: Ah, right. I asked,
1: and this fabulous woman, said to me, no, we don't, Um, but she's like, why don't you leave me your details and I will check on Monday and I will let you know. She's like, write down your size, write down the style you want and your preferred (laughs) colour.
0: And you must have been thinking, though, that there is probably a 0.03% chance I will hear from them. I loved
1: her attitude in the moment Mm -hmm. and Sharon said, did you tell them you have a podcast? <laughs> did you tell them you want to be sponsored? I'm like, oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> so did they
0: get back to you yet? Yeah, Sunday. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure.
1: Weeks. Weeks. Hang on, I'll check my email. You say something, I'll check my email. <laughs> while.
0: Well, while we were talking about the um, like the sort of retail shoppy stands, I or the couple, apart from looking at Greenhouse, and we've covered that my husband spent copious amount of time at Still Garden Tools, I like they had these outdoor fireplaces made of corten steel and glass. Did you see those?
1: Got photos of them.
0: Oh, they were very nice. Weren't they? They were lovely. I spent some time looking at them and there was a very keen, another very keen young guy, very personable, helpful. Oh, look, I'll take you through this one and there's that one. And he was being very helpful. And then I had to say, look, I'm just going to stop you at this point. There is no way I'm going to be able to buy one of these, but I think they are beautiful and I just want to take nice pictures of them. And he said, That's okay.
1: That's <laughs> all right. I showed my husband photos. I'm like, Oh, look at the fireplaces I saw. And I learned something quite distressing. Um, my husband doesn't like the rusty look.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I also, no cotton for him. Um, I
1: had plans. Of painting anything that stood still in our garden, <laughs> with rust paint.
0: Oh, and that's a big fat no from him. Yeah, might um mm. might
1: diminish things. Maybe something artistic in the garden, like giant urn, might mm. be okay. But I thought those fireplaces were spectacular, and he thought they looked rusty.
0: Yeah. Mm. Okay. Point. But- well, my my the next thing on my list was Corten Garden Edging. <laughs> oh,
1: my God, I love it. Yes.
0: Yeah, I loved it. The, the one that had the big round pieces that they'd put in as steps with the paving in it because we need to build some big, wide steps out the front. And I was like, ooh, ooh, could I do round steps? I don't think I could. I think I need linear sort of steps here. Lauren said
1: something radical to me. She picked up the Corten pamphlet. Mm-hmm. And we both agreed that we love it. And then she said, when do you think it'll go out of fashion? And I went, oh, that'll probably happen at some stage, won't it?
0: Mm. It's been in fashion for a long time, though. Yes. But I
1: suppose it's any gardening fashion at some stage. Yeah,
0: at some stage, I guess so. But yeah. what, what would it go back to after quarantine? Would it just go back to, like, stainless steel sort of galvanised looking stuff? I don't know. Black?
1: If you and I can predict the next big garden edging fashion
0: Oh, We could retire on it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we could. We'll be trend forecasters. (laughs) I Mm. did enjoy the big, um, what was the big glass house display they had there, that New Zealand company had there.
1: Oh, yes. Well, what I
0: actually liked, around the outside of that, they had beautiful, I think it was a Magnolia Stellata, like a tall hedge of them around it. Um, I'm not sure exactly. It wasn't the white Stellata, but I think it was, michelia of some kind or, you know, something from the magnolia family. It had these flowers that were a little bit like the stellata with the thinner sort of petals, and it was a creamy yellow or creamy lemon and white and it had the strongest fragrance. Um,
1: so it won't be a stellata because stellatas are deciduous.
0: Ah, okay, it won't be that one. I will. I'm finding the photo on my phone while we're talking. Should and I'm going to me? text it to you. Thank you. For you to, it's probably not even a magnolia. I look and go, oh, that's not a magnolia, doll.
1: <laughs> You'll be fine. I never use the word dull. Um <laughs> yeah. I, I can, I'm just going to circle back to Achievable Gardens for a minute. Ah, yes. Um, oh, I love the Melbourne Polytechnic one. Um, do, it, which one was that one? Let me find the pictures and describe it to you. I haven't been for a few years. There was something like a pandemic on. And it might even be the one that you liked with the layers of ground covers. Oh,
0: that was Tea in the Woods, the Melbourne Polytechnic. Well, I'm not you know the name of it. Hang on, I, I photographed it. Yeah, the that name was so. a gold medal winning one. No, I've got something else. I've got um I've got
1: the circles of life as Circle. Melbourne Polytechnic.
0: Oh, maybe they did a couple because I've got a photo of the sign from gee, we make good audio. Um we, yeah, well, we're looking at our phone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But, yeah, I've got the sign from Tea in the Woods says it was from Melbourne Polytechnic, but they probably just had a few students doing a couple of different ones.
1: A couple of years ago, last time I went with Sharon, I think, can't remember, they had one of the Melbourne Polytechnic um, achievable gardens had this fabulous water fountain that I've never forgotten. It was like a long-handled shovel and it was bent and the back of the the shovel head was curved down towards the ground and a tube came up through the handle and water ran off the back of the shovel head down into a pond. I'll shoot you a photo later. We'll put it up on Insta or something so we're not just talking random business. And, oh, gosh, I loved
0: it. Mm, it A little bit of
1: random shovel fountain you don't see that every day.
0: You don't see that every day. No, and that's why we go to these ones. I mean, I wish we had had more show gardens there. They could have. I mean, there. I know there are a lot of work to do for people. They were to take time off from like their paying work and bring all this in, and it's time and costly. But gee, I love going around and looking at everyone's gardens.
1: What your plant is that you've just sent me that looks like a magnolia?
0: <gasps> what is it? Now
1: you know we've discussed Latin before, and oh, you yeah. say tomato, and I say tomato. Yeah. So I'm going to say to you that is it is alba.
0: Mykelia. So not, what did I say, Michelia hmm. uh-huh, Mykelia alba. We can find uh-huh. it out. That is Mykelia alba. Oh, very frost sensitive. Yeah, so it's, again, something I'm never going to be able to grow here.
1: You no, know, not five houses away from your father's house is a house with two of them. Is That's that my dad's house. that your father's
0: house? <laughs> I'll just go and visit it sometime. Yeah. Um, I bought my
1: mum, two of them, Um, off you know Ron uh, Bocall who grows the tree peonies. Oh, uh, yeah. When I worked for him 20-odd years ago, he grew my Killia Alba and I bought two of them for my mum. And um, uh, you know how I'm in a sheltered spot and they lived through Croydon Colt and... You can't see the leaves and the flowers now because they're so big. They're up above the carport level. Oh,
0: wow. Um, That's huge.
1: But, but the um, scent drifts down.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. I was just blown away by how mm. scented it was because we're yeah. having a look. Tom liked looking at a structure. He was impressed with the greenhouse and I was like, what is that amazing scent and walked around the back and they had these. And they all they also had that I quite liked. There's um, some really beautiful um, juniper, ground-covered junipers, And they were the same variety that I've recently planted here. And I sort of planted them thinking, I don't know. I don't know if these ones, because again, there seem to be two sorts of junipers, ones that are a bit more like cold and dry tolerant than others. Um, I've had mixed success, but these ones, they've turned out really well and they're doing really well growing on this sort of rocky ledge here. But they um, they look sort of soft and ferny. They're doing very well. Anyway, they had a very nice installation of those um, around the greenhouses as well.
1: Did that validate you in your juniperness?
0: It did. Mm -hmm. It did, very much so. Just start thinking about gin? Yes. Well, then um, we were talking about the junipers quite a bit because we found one other one that's doing quite well here, and then we spent the next day or two, Tom and I kept coming back to. We should try more. There's a lot of different junipers. We should try more of them. And then we got the most recent diggers catalogue, and they had slow berries in there. Now I don't know if they have anything to do with juniper, but I just saw slow and thought slow gin. So yeah, I think the world's just telling us we need to get our own still.
1: Oh yes, I think that's that's quite clear.
0: Yeah, I think it is. Imagine that. I think maybe that's a retirement plan. I don't I don't have time for another project.
1: Oh love, you so don't have time no, for a still right now. Um know. did you buy any plants while you were there?
0: Uh I did not buy any plants um I sort of had a look around and I was thinking oh you know once you start buying plants wholesale it's a little bit hard to <laughs> pay retail although I did um a couple of days later I had to go out and get a few things for um the garden I was getting things like oh I needed a new watering can and I needed some more cismungus and um, populate you know that new populate to add more beneficial I don't bacteria. know. I, I
1: know Seamungus yeah.
0: loves Seamungus. Yeah, I love Seamungus. That's, that's a stinky little fertilizer, isn't it? It is. But, um, yeah, so I was buying a few bits and pieces like that and then I came across a little fern that I had to have and because I I saw a lot of ferns. Uh, there was a few indoor plant people there and I saw a lot and I thought, no, don't buy any more. Stop buying. You don't need any more indoor plants. Don't do it. But I couldn't stop thinking about it. So when I went out just to buy a fertilizer and stuff, I picked myself up a little fern, couldn't help myself. But I did see there were, um, I wrote down three things that I saw at um, a few of the plant stands and that these are all well, on the indoor plant side of things. One of them was a philodendron that I hadn't seen before and it was, now, look, again, we need the Latinist for this. It was um, Billy, Billy T- are you looking like you're going to be able to pronounce I, it? I was going to say or Emily. Oh, Emily, yeah, yeah. philodendron bilia, billia T.A., bilia tie. Um, and it had these really long, long sort of arrow-shaped leaves um, and, you know, glossy in the way that philodendrons are. And I just kept coming back to it and looking at it and going away and coming back <laughs> and looking at it. And it was just so, so stunning. Um, it was quite expensive. So I think that maybe, maybe it, it is hard to propagate or something like that. And I saw a type of asplenium that I hadn't seen before. It was the lasagna fern. So with the big, you know, the sheath-like sort of leaves that aspleniums have, only it was all, like, crinkled, like, you know, those curly lasagna sheets. And so I thought that was quite a funny one. looked quite good. Can,
1: and can Emily could hook you up.
0: She oh, That's all right. She um, grows a few aspleniums, doesn't she? Now, I did see a few alocasias and the colocassias. And they're only indoor ones. Now, I had them growing outdoors at Oakley and they were growing really well and they even flowered every year and they were beautifully scented with the flowers. I were growing under my magnolia tree there. And I've never grown them inside, I suppose, because I grew them outside there. In my head, they're not an indoor one. They need more light than that. But have you grown any alocasias indoors before?
1: Now is the time. To confess to you, I'm not very good at indoor plants. <laughs> and, Why chat? that? Um, my mate Janine, she grows a ripper indoor plant because she has this stuff that I don't have called
0: light. Ah, okay. Yeah. And aspect. And,
1: yeah. oh, my God, you should see she's got some ripper begonia Rex indoors.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're gonna to manage to find a way, I reckon, every podcast to bring us back to A toilets and B begonias. <laughs> much. Um oh, did you use the toilets? <laughs> I but did the, use the toilets yeah. twice. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Um, I to didn't report? no, well I didn't take any photos because they were pretty standard issue portalous. Um, you know, not bad, not great. Just just were.
1: Middle middle of the road, portaloo. Middle
0: of the road, yeah. Middle
1: yeah. of the road Port I'll take middle of the road port-a-loo any day over over bad
0: loo Oh yeah. You don't want a bad Port They they didn't smell. No, they didn't smell. No. Mm. They were all right. Um there were a few by the second time where I went to the toilet. There were a few that didn't have toilet paper left.
1: Well, I deliberately dehydrated myself so that I didn't have to go back. <laughs> but I did find I had a headache
0: after afternoon and evening
1: and went to bed at 7 30 p.m.
0: But is dehydrating yourself just a classic teacher move because you can't sort of leave your class to go to the toilet during the day? Oh,
1: please. I'm teaching the youth of Australia. They
0: need to be babysat constantly. <laughs> Maybe that's only primary school teachers.
1: Uh, yeah. My, and the great thing is, there's a toilet right outside my classroom and there's only two toilets on site. There's no staff toilets. So I actually have to urinate strategically. So sometimes class time is the best time to urinate because otherwise you've got to battle with teenage boys to get to the
0: toilet. And I don't want to. No, I would not want to do that.
1: So sometimes you have to go, it's one minute to break time and you just nick out your own door. Walk the three metres to the toilet and get there mm. before break time. Fair enough. Wait, right, we've sidetracked. So you saw some uh, plants you were saying. I'm not very good at them. I don't have enough light. I'm not the person to ask. Sorry.
0: Mm. Maybe I need to ask Janine or Emily about alocasia inside. But did you buy any plants? Um I bought um
1: some hellebores from post office farm.
0: Uh, did they're quite near me, post office farm. Um mm. and I haven't done a lash out on those yet because i want to don't want to buy them until i get my rather euphemistically named woodland garden going with some tree cover for them but uh i haven't been very i think i feel that i may have wasted a lot of money on buying bare root trees this year that have mainly been eaten by kangaroos oh that's
1: disappointing
0: yeah so uh, i'm not I can't focus on that this winter. I've got too many other things to do, but maybe next year I'll have to re-look at that and do some more serious fencing around it.
1: I I went for a walk a couple of weeks ago um, in Palorama in the Dandenong Ranges, and uh, I went down a side street. I was walking my sister's dog for her, and I did note that there were gardens where people had six-foot wire mesh around some trees that they didn't want chewed on. I'm assuming that's because of deer and not kangaroos like this. Oh,
0: yeah, I was wondering about kangaroos up there, yeah.
1: Millions of deer, Mm. fallow deer and samba deer. And so there were these sort of six-foot enclosures around trees where you go, oh, yes, that's their special tree. Um, They're trying not to have that one chewed.
0: Yeah, well, we're sort of congratulating ourselves on. We sort of lined our driveway with um, apples and we thought oh we think they've sort of grown up a little bit and you know the kangaroos don't seem to be bothering with them much we'll take off the wire guards of course as soon as we've done that they've come in and nibbled the tops of them all and they're so so hard to weed once you put this wire mesh around them so I don't know we're probably gonna have to put it back on (laughs) I've seen kangaroos in your place I've seen them across the road they
1: they come in they chew things yeah yeah they
0: just seem to go through phases of it but they're They're here every day at the moment, and then I hop around at the back of the house and um, something's been – I get a lot of foxes in my flower patch, but I've had kangaroos in there lately Um, and because something was taking big bites out of my tall sunflowers, and there's not many things that can get up that high. (laughs) Look, it's either that or – but there are perhaps the cockies coming in and just sitting on top of them and eating them. It could be them. Um, But there's definitely lots of kangaroo poo in there at the moment. Mm. So yeah, I think hey, they doing... Are kangaroos a hot poo or a cold poo? Ooh, I'm not sure. Mm. Hmm. Mm. I would think hot poo, but I don't know. I'll have to Well, I'm not going to go around and collect kangaroo poo. I've got plenty of pig poo and alpaca poo, so I don't need any more of that. So are there okay. any other any other gardens or plants that you particularly noticed? Just, um, I'm just
1: thinking about the Achievable Gardens again. Like I just, I'm just, i really loving the aesthetic of ground covers. I saw a lovely mix in one of the first gardens. Of course, took photos of the plants but not the sign because mm-hmm. um, I was dehydrated. I didn't think to photograph the sign. Uh, it was a beautiful blend of dichondra, native violets and myoporum, and mm. on this really nice, really fine gravel path. And I just loved the aesthetic. Yeah, I was really digging things like that. I was loving the use of the natives and the ground covers. Like, like you were talking about the, the layers of them.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, that was very nice. No, I just saw some nice um, textures. I liked the gardens that were, they had some nice stone textures together. And there was that one of the show gardens that had that herringbone sort of um, rectangular concrete um, tiles. That was very nice. I really liked that. I think that was the mint garden, um, Arum, Aurum, something like that. It had really structural, almost deserty sort of plants in it, like aloes, fan aloes, and things like that. And then um, it had that sort of uh, gold, brassy sort of pergola bit, which wasn't really my thing. But the um, the paving was, yeah, really quite stunning. That was quite nice. I like that.
1: In the, in the indoors of the exhibition buildings near your pink piano, did you see um, the collector's corner? Uh, I did,
0: I did. Have you ever been there? Oh, yeah, because that was quite close to us when we lived at Oakley. It wasn't very far. We used to go there quite a bit because when the kids were little, because they had all those big dinosaurs out the front, they used to love that, and the kids loved that collector's corner because of all the weird, freaky plants. And I just thought, oh, if the kids were here, particularly Hugo, he just would have gone mad for that display of all the weird cacti that were there and, like, the, the air plants and that sort of thing. But it's funny, I noticed that there were, like, around me as I stand there looking at it they were like really extreme reactions to it there were some people looking at it going oh that's amazing look at this look at those crazy plants there and there were a couple of people that I was with actually there who one of them just looked, went up and went look at that that's amazing I've never seen a plant like that and immediately after someone else I was with looked up and went oh my god that's awful it <laughs> that doesn't even look botanical <laughs>
1: uh from what i heard like the primary school kids were loving the collector corner stand yeah. they were loving the amethyst rocks on display mm. there and um or amethyst crystals but they they're huge they're inside the rocks still mm. um i heard that was a bit of a hit with the kids
0: <laughs> yeah i imagine it would have been um there was a in that um hall of flowers there was a some nice, really dark, dark purple, um, rhododendrons, red- um, hydrangeas, right, combined with some hot pink ones made me think again, I need some more deeper colors of my hydrangeas. I've had a,
1: I've had a lovely little bit of hydrangea propagation success.
0: Ooh, with, tell me, I took lots of photos for us
1: to put onto Insta, but I'm waiting till I see you or in a week or so mm-hmm. and we'll get together, and then I'm thinking we just spam Insta with propagation yeah. photos. Um, okay. But, uh, oh, so, you know, we, we put up one, I think one of the first photos that went up on our Instagram was hydrangea quercifolia. and it's the double form. I think it's called snowflake. And we have a photo of it, the flower head, with my foot next to it for scale.
0: Yes, that enormous, enormous one. Um, yeah, I put in quite a few cuttings
1: of that and, and quite a few of those have got roots. So I'm very happy with that. Oh, well done. And oh, I picked... Some stems of this really lovely form of um, hydrangea macrophylla. It's a it's a white one, but it's it's fabulous. And in winter, it's um, often still flowering and just has these immature flower heads. They just look like pom poms on the top of bare sticks. Oh,
0: beautiful.
1: And I've got a fantastic variegated form that um, I got from Emily years ago. That's growing nicely. And my hydrangea paniculatas appear to have roots. Mm. And I thought I was going to lose the whole lot because the pump failed and we had three days without water. And I'm like, well, there goes on my prop. And so I was pretty excited. I went into work yesterday to, to check them out and get prepared for the week and uh, I thought, oh, I'll just have a quick look at the hydrangea propagation while I'm here and to see it uh, not only not dead but having roots. Gosh, I was happy.
0: Mm. That would mm. be very satisfying. I hope mm. that some that mine take off. Okay, mm. they're all right. Should Not. I be cutting back my like dead head hydrangeas now?
1: Necessarily, unless unless you're going, oh, they're ugly, and I don't like that. There, no, no, I
0: just didn't know whether I should be doing it. to, You know, help their growth or anything.
1: No, generally I just prune in winter and just prune back to if you can a set of double buds. So okay. you've got two nicely formed buds sort of of equal size on either side of the stem um because that's where the flowers come from okay all right that's sometimes sometimes they, they won't be there sometimes you have to cut back to a single bud but you might get a nice stem that grows out of that even if you don't get a flower and hopefully off that stem you get a set of double buds for the following year
0: well the other thing that i uh had delivered this week was um lot of plants from protea flora
1: saw your photo of that that looked like a lot of plants
0: it was because when I first looked at it I went oh yeah that's that's not too many but then um that's because the ones at the front were in the larger pot size but then when I went through it I realized the rest were all in very small tubes and I sort of looked at it and went oh my god I now need to find somewhere to put all of these so what I'm thinking is that, and I'm just looking at it on my phone how many there are, there's a lot, I did buy some like 20-centimetre pots that I could bump some of them up into and try to just keep them over winter in that um, and plant them out in spring because here, I know that, you know, autumn's a good time to plant out a lot of these things, but it's pretty harsh winter for these little ones to go out in, so so I'm thinking I might try to keep them in containers over winter. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I think I think they'll be all right. Um, I can actually see proteoflora from where I teach. They're on the <laughs> they're on the the hill over from us, so I know that on occasion they get snowed on. That I don't think they get frosts necessarily. They might, they, but not frost like you if they do get them. But it's it's pretty cold where they are. Um, so I don't, I don't know if the cold is is going to be. Um, too much of an issue you you probably are slightly colder there but if you had somewhere sheltered
0: um... yeah well I'm gonna put them out on the outside of my greenhouse but we've got this old uh frame you know those three by three sort of pop-up marquees that you take camping and that we've got the frame of one of those that the we've lost the roof part of it but I thought if I put it up outside the greenhouse and just put a tarp over it to give it some shelter Um, And then if it's just outside the greenhouse where I've got a hose and that there, I can make sure I water it each day when I go out and check the greenhouse. If you're worried about frost,
1: um, if you get yourself like a a sprinkler on um, a long, I'm thinking pole, but basically an upright sprinkler um, Mm -hmm. pipe, oh, I've lost the words, um, and have it (laughs) set to a timer um, if you can water before the sun hits your plants, that's one way of dealing with frost and it will mm. um, stop your frost damage. So if you were worried about your proteas, it's um, it's then trying to find a happy medium between don't overwater them because they don't need it mm. and um, if they're frost sensitive, washing the frost off so it doesn't damage them.
0: Well, Thank you. That is good advice. And the ones, because I've got a mix. I've got some proteas. I've got some king proteas and some other proteas. And I've got the waratahs. And waratahs are pretty hardy here. But then I've got the blushing brides, the ceru or whatever you call them. And I think they might be the most sensitive out of the whole bunch of those.
1: I've got something to tell you. I killed. I killed mine. I
0: had three. I killed two of them. They were
1: looking. I pruned them. I oh. thought that's what you do. I didn't read up on them. I just pruned well, I, them up.
0: I'm planning to take, you know, cut flowers from them, so I bloody hope that's all right. <laughs>
1: mine mine were only like a year or two old, um, like a okay. year or two in the ground, but they were looking spectacular, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm very good at this, aren't I? <laughs> I'll just give them a little prune for sheep. Uh, I bloody killed them.
0: <laughs> very disappointed. Oh. Well, I've to, I've got to find somewhere, and this is the other reason I'm putting keeping all these in containers. It's um because I haven't really prepared any beds or planting holes or anything from them, and I don't want to put them in somewhere and half ass it and have spent all this money and you know then they die. So I've sort of I've earmarked a spot for most of them, just just haven't got to it yet. I'd, and if I could have a winter of tarping that area over to try to kill off weeds. Um, for the next five months or so, I think they would stand a much better chance.
1: Oh, well, winter's
0: coming. Yeah, winter is coming. Winter com- is coming. Tarps out. Yeah, get your, get your tarps out. <laughs> That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well, I think I've got to the end of all of my um, Mifcus, uh, Mifcus descriptions of everything I saw. I've certainly got more photos that I can share. Well, I've, I've got one more thing to discuss with you. Oh,
1: so, yes. you, you know, maybe this isn't Mifcus related. It's all right. It's Mifcus adjacent. I love okay. things being adjacent. So, you know, I had Tangential. to. Tangential? Oh, thank you. Yes, let's go with that. Mm. Um, I had to apologise to Sharon about oh, our yes. discussion of of Sharon. She took it all very well. Um, she hadn't heard that episode yet. Um, so I got a preemptive <laughs> apology in. Uh, but made me think, you know, I've got some dahlias in my driveway for you, some seedlings. They're unnamed. You mm. know, there's a really nice white one. <gasps>
0: We could name it. The oh, name are we going to call it Sharon? No, I've got a oh. better name for it. What? Narelle.
1: Oh, shut up. <laughs> hey, I haven't handed over that seedling yet. It's in my driveway. <laughs> I can I can still name it before it leaves the property. Right, Down
0: there, We should explain that this is because my middle name, my much hated middle name is Narelle. Thank you. Now everyone else knows that. And so it's um I've just always thought it was a very very ocker name, and uh, look my my father decided that it that was what it had to be because if he couldn't have his first choice of me being called shelly Michelle then we at least had to have Narelle as a middle name.
1: Sorry, <laughs> could you say could you say his first preference again, please?
0: Shelley Michelle. Is that for real? That's for reals.
1: <laughs> I love your dad.
0: And look, if I was a boy, because my maiden name was Bird, if I was a boy, he was going to call me Barry Bird. Does that not sound like a footballer from the seventies? Barry Bird. Dad should name things for Australia.
1: Do you? Did you want to name some of the daily seedlings?
0: Oh, he'd love that. <laughs> Have a chat to him. But that white one—it's got Narelle written all got over Narelle it. Narelle written all over it. Yeah. Okay. I'm
1: oh, actually thinking Shelley, Michelle better.
0: Oh yes. Oh, Jamie. Oh, Shelly Michelle. Shelly Michelle, that's got such a ring to it.
1: Doesn't it? Your dad never got his first preference. Why don't we be the people that give him the first preference?
0: Yeah, Shelly Michelle. And then we can take a cutting of that and gift it to him and say this is Shelly Michelle.
1: Oh, another one there we could call Barry Bird.
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Do plants ever get named boy names? They're always women's names, aren't they? I think um, they're the camellia called Bob Hope. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think flowers so like, are very gendered, aren't they? You always yes. consider them as ladies. Hmm. Didn't think about that before. There are naming
1: conventions. So, you know, I can't name any of those dahlia seedlings after myself. That would be considered rude. But there oh. is. Yes. One one shouldn't name one's botanical discoveries after yeah. oneself. Oh. Um, So that could also be why they're gendered. It might be male plant breeders. um,
0: Ah, Okay. But what about the Banksia? That's after Joseph Banks, isn't it? Don't even get me started
1: on the history of that. Um, (laughs) Let's brush up on that and get radical in the next episode. (laughs)
0: All right. Maybe we need Uh, to get a plant nomenclature uh, expert on here to talk about. Should. mm, all
1: right, thanks for your chat. He's been skiving off forever, and geez, he's done well with this whole myth about what he did botanically.
0: Oh, on this really? Continent. Oh, yes. Oh, that sounds very controversial, Jamie.
1: Well, I'm, um, yeah, it's
0: well, you know me. I love a bit of controversy.
1: Let's uh, let's focus on Shelley Michelle and Barry Bird and um, get that job done. Um, I'll let you choose which one you would like to call Barry Bird, but Shelley Michelle has been dibsed. She's the white one.
0: All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. prefer that to Narelle. Lovely. Well, Erin Narelle. Thank you. It's been delightful. (laughs) It has been delightful. Now, I'm thinking in another week, we, or just over another week, we are actually going to be face-to-face. So we might be able to record our first ever podca- podcast episode face-to-face. Drink champagne while we do that. Oh, I think we should. Then we could
1: be looking at the one phone with botanical photos on it oh, while yes. we
0: podcast. Yes, that could, that could be um, make for a much more cohesive podcast.
1: <laughs> That'll be exciting for the listener. <laughs>
0: maybe we can um talk through the uh splendor of uh of the local uh what do we say the botanical flora the place that we're staying at Mm. 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 i'll find
1: someone i know someone
0: all right cool i'll hook us up excellent lovely all right see you next week next week all right Bye. bye Just a note on our very catchy garden hose tunes, we have our original music composed and produced by Martini Toothpick. Martini Toothpick are Dan Zielinski and Mika Coleman.
1: We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we reside and recognise their continuing connection to lands, waters and communities, and recognise that their wisdom and knowledge has been passed on for thousands of years.